We are working our way through God's Word. Remember that God said it. That's what we're preaching all year long. God said it. We have God's spoken Word because we live in God's incredible creation that He spoke into existence. God said, let there be light. There's light. God said, and I use this one every week, so don't get... God said, let there be a pine tree. There's a pine tree, right? God spoke it into existence. We have God's written Word. This is the Bible. This is God's Word, all of it, Genesis to Revelation. It all is God's Word. We don't get to edit it. God didn't tell you to leave out what you want to leave out simply because you don't like it, all right? And then we have God's living Word, which is Jesus. And so uh, as we gather throughout 2022, we're encouraging you to read through the Bible. Nick caught up this week. I just thought I'd let y'all know that. You know, a couple weeks ago, he said he was behind and he caught up this week, so we're proud of Nick. But uh, if you're behind, just start where you are and start reading. Because today we're in 1 Samuel 3. We've been reading from Genesis all the way through. The text for the, the chapters for the day are 1 Samuel 1, 2, and 3. Chap- 1 Samuel 3. <clears throat> this is the message, uh, the passage of God's call of Samuel, which is a really cool passage for me that I'm going to get to tell you about in a few minutes. Karis, come on down here. I want to introduce y'all to somebody. I got to get her a microphone. Karis has got a story to tell you. She uh, has been somewhere, right? Karis, your last name is? That's what I thought. All right, so I just want y'all to know her name, Karis, means grace. So her name is Grace Love. Uh, I mean, her last name is what? Did you know that? Oh, I thought you did. All right. Cash, tell us about your trip, all right? Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be sharing with you all today. As he said, my name is Karis Love. I'm the granddaughter of David and Jane Pell, and I'm from Vermont. And I've been working with an organization called Youth with a Mission for the last six months. And I have spent some time in South Africa. And I'm here to tell you all today that God is moving in the nations, unlike anything that I even knew was possible. And I watched, there's revival happening there right now. And so I watched thousands of people receive salvation for the first time. And I watched God pour out his power on this nation. I watched people get healed in ways that I didn't know was possible. And I watched people get set free from spirits that were oppressing them. And I'm here to just testify to one thing that I saw God do. And uh, I was in a village, and there was a woman that I met, and I found out that she was a witch doctor. And she was just telling me about how she felt like she didn't have any peace. And she was telling me about how she felt this heaviness that was upon her. And she was telling me that she couldn't even see. And I had to put my hand up to her face this close for her to even be able to see. And she didn't have any eyesight. And so I told her that day that I really believe that Jesus wanted to encounter her. And I shared the gospel with her. And and she wanted it so bad. She told me, she said, I'm willing to give up. I'm willing to give up being a witch doctor so I can have what you're talking about. So I can find this peace. So in that moment, she received Jesus. And she had all these beads on her wrist that represented uh, her, the partnership that she made with the dark spirits that she was partnering with. And so she handed me a pair of scissors and she let me cut them off. And once I cut those, cut those beads off of her wrist, her eyes were opened and she was healed in that moment. And this is just one of many things that I saw God do in front of me. I wasn't even doing anything. God was just moving in power. And I'm just here to encourage you all and get you excited about what God is doing in the world. And no matter how dark things look around us, no matter how much chaos there is, there is an invitation from heaven for us to take our eyes off of the waves of chaos around us and lock eyes with Jesus and wake up every day and ask him, what do you want to do today? How can I partner in the way that you want to move forward your kingdom? Because everywhere I go, I'm just seeing God move around me because I wake up in the morning and I say, God, what do you want to do today? I'm surrendered. 
and there is a generation of young people, even, even when it feels like there isn't, there are young people in this world that are rising up and they, they don't want to settle anymore for a shallow, really, shallow relationship with God. And there are kids that are laid down lovers of Jesus that are, are rising up and saying, here I am, God, send me. And so just be encouraged. All right. If any of you have any more questions, you can come find me in the fellowship hall. I'd love to talk more. If any of you are interested in, in partnering with my team or just hearing more stories, please come talk to me. Thank you so much for letting me share. Hang on. All right. Cass, how old are you? I'm 19 years old. She's 19 years old. Uh, who told you to go to South Africa? God. Okay, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Right? Thank you. All right. Thank you, Cass. All right. Isn't that cool? I love that. I tell you, I remember when I was 19. That's when, um, all right, so I'm going to share this story with you because it all falls in line. She gets to go talk to the, to the Voyager, not this hour, but in 925 hour, 1040 hours, she's going to speak to the Voyager Youth Ministries over there, and she's going to share in each of the worship gatherings this morning. And as she said, that's a David and Jane's granddaughter and, and just cool cool that God is is moving and working in those kind of ways and first um, Samuel 3 I want to read the text for you first because it's a story the account of God's call of Samuel and and it's a big deal because it was originally uh, God told Moses in Deuteronomy 18 that he would raise up a prophet like him from among his, his people, right? And so Samuel was this, this next named prophet because during the Joshua and Judges years, you know, there were just these military type leaders, but, but there was not a prophet named between Moses and Samuel. So here's the words that it says in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, the boy Samuel, boy, meaning he was a child, all right? Boy Samuel. Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Uh, exact literal translation is precious. It, it, it didn't come often. It was just when God spoke, uh, when the word of the Lord came, it, it was not a regular thing at that time. And prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. All right, so he's, he's, he's near blind now. And uh, we know from later that he's not a small fellow. Before the lamp of God had gone out. Now, this is the tending of the temple, Okay. So, so, so Samuel's tending the temple and the flame uh, in the temple at the presence of God. Samuel was lying down in the temple where the ark of God was located. All right, so, so Samuel's lying pretty close to, to the representation, the ark, the presence of God, all right? Then the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Uh, you called me. I didn't call, my son. Go back and lie down. Listen to this. This is, this is probably the most distressing verse in the passage. Now, Samuel, not, not this part, but I mean the idea that the voice of God was not known. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Okay? He's, he's camped out next to him. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. What are we, what are the, get the context of this. This is why I say this is distressing. God's presence, God's, God's proclamation to his people was rare and not widespread. And Samuel, having lived in the temple, didn't know the Lord. 
Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood. Eli's the priest at Shiloh. Then he understood. I'm hard-headed. I know I'm hard-headed. You heard it. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> it echoes. <laughs> All right. Eli finally understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there. This is fourth times different, right? The Lord came and stood there and called as before Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that will cause everyone who hears about it to shudder. On that day, I will carry out against Eli everything I said about his family from beginning to end. Because in 1 Samuel chapter 2, God's already said what he's going to do to Eli's family, particularly because of his sons who are evil. I'll go ahead and say it, evil. I told him that I'm going to judge his family forever because of the iniquity that he knows about. His sons are cursing God, and he has not stopped them. Therefore, I have sworn to Eli's family the iniquity of Eli's family will never be wiped out by either sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until the morning, then he opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, here I am, answered Samuel. What was the message he gave you? Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. May God punish you and do so severely if you hide anything from me that he told, told you. So Samuel told him everything and did not hide anything from him. Eli responded, he is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Samuel grew. The Lord was with him, and he fulfilled everything Samuel prophesied. All Israel... From Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a confirmed prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear in Shiloh because there he revealed himself to Samuel by his word. The point of today's message is, is that God calls. Let's pray. God, thank you for today and thank you, God, for your word. God, I just want to praise you that we can study the revelation of who you are throughout your word. God, I thank you that you continue to show and shine and lighten it and explain it and let us understand not merely words on a page, but God, that we can get a glimpse of who you are. And that God, each day that we get a glimpse of who you are, God, you draw us closer and closer and you refine us and you transform us into the image of your son, Jesus, from one degree of glory to the next. God, help us to stay so close that we don't miss what you're doing. God, help us to be so close that it doesn't take three times for us to understand what it is that you are, are setting before us, what you're calling us to. Thank you, God, that you have called us your people. God, help us to live it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the spring of 1978, I preached the uh, very first message I've ever preached. It was Youth Sunday at Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church. And because I was the loudest youth in the whole church, they elected me pastor for the day. Okay? So I began to put together my message on 1 Samuel chapter 3. 
Very first message I ever preached. I went back to my office in a real hurry to find it. I've, I've kept it all these years, but I, I couldn't find it on short notice. It's, it's, it's several pages of notebook paper uh, written out completely. Uh, several pages, right? And I remember the morning that I preached it, uh, I was 15 years old. I stood in this great big old wooden, hardwood, dark, thing pulpit and 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 I stood there and I held on tight like I was going to fall off and I read it word for word for word now uh Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church in that day was um it was live on the radio sort of like we're live on the internet now right it was live on the radio and 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 my my pastor back then had this little diagram on the pulpit right there that told uh when it went live and when it ceased to be live, and the goal of the morning worship was to, to fill that time, right? I felt like, man, I had probably, I think it was 11 pages, handwritten in pencil. Anybody know why it was written in pencil? Yeah, because I kept having to erase and go back and rewrite. Tell, it reminds me of a story, you know, a uh, little boy, uh, Eli's in the room, so I'll tell this, but not on him. Little boy's daddy was a pastor, and, and, and he went into his daddy's office, and he said, Daddy, he said, what are you doing? He says, I'm putting together the message for Sunday. He said, well, how do you, where do you get the message from? He says, well, I get the message from God. He says, really? He said, then why are there so many scratched out places? Right? I mean, a lot of times as God speaks, as God calls, our understanding has some limitations sometimes. Okay? So, so as I was doing this message, I had eleven, and I, I stood there and I read it, and then I looked up and I was done. And and Rule Westbrook was my pastor, and I and I said, and and now Pastor Rule will come. What did I call it? Preacher Westbrook. That's what he was. Preacher Westbrook will come, and and we'll have the invitation. And it was like fifteen minutes left. So we sang like. 26 verses of just as I am. <laughs> right? First time I ever preached. There were these three little ladies. I've told you all about them before. I know one of them's name was Ruth. And, and the three of them said Ruth and Miss Dillashaw and Miss Duncan. They all sat right there. And uh, they all three came up to me after I preached that. And they said, don't you believe God's calling you to ministry? And I said, No. Not at all. Never. Right? Ain't that right? You don't say that. Well, it took four years, you know, for God to finally, I, I think it's pretty apropos, four times, four years. Okay? I, this is my first message, right? To hear God call you, to hear God call me, uh, there, there are some, some prerequisites to understanding what God expects of your life. God's, God's call on my life was not a verbal call. I, I, I never heard God's uh, actual worded voice. I never heard God say, Bobby. And I never had to go speak, Lord, for your servant hears. But throughout those years of my life, I knew that God's direction was there. It was like, it, it, it was kind of like bumper cars. I'd be going this way and I'd bump into God and have to change directions, right? 
God was continuing to graciously and lovingly lead my life. To the point that in, in, in June of 1982, we were in revival at, at Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church. And, and, and I was scared to death of what God might be asking of me. I had been two years in college and it had not... I mean, my grades were fine. I, I, I was at least smart enough to give the professors what they wanted. Um, but the two years of college, just this, I was in the wrong place and I knew it. Right? So, so it was that summer that at that revival, Danny Gray was the evangelist at the time. He said to me, he said, you're either living in fear or in faith. And I just straight up said, I'm living in fear. I'm scared of what God might or may ask me to do. Wow. Right? Danny said, you just pray. And let God know you're willing to do whatever he asks of you. Well, over a month later in July of 82 is when God got my attention at camp meeting. I've told the, that story a lot. So here's what I want to, to, us to focus on right here. Think about Samuel hanging out in the temple. He's a boy. He, he, he's not an adult. He's a child at this time, according to the, the, the linguistics of translation right here. We know that the reference, the boy, Samuel, means he's a child still when this happens, okay? And, and, and he's in the best place he can be. He's as close to the presence of God as the people of Israel knew at this time. Uh, uh, it, it was dark days because we know this period of the judges. People did what was right in their own eyes. People did evil in the sight of the Lord. That's what we talked about last week with Gideon. Uh, God's people had, had strayed, had not strayed. They didn't like wander. They just ran in the wrong direction. After the gods of the Baals and the Asherahs and the Ashtaroths. And, and, and they, were, they were worshiping the gods of the Canaanites and of the land. The, the, the fertility gods and the, the harvest gods and the sun and all this kind of stuff. They were just straight up ignoring the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and worshiping these idols. Just and, and they would fall under oppression, and God would rescue them, and they'd fall under oppression, and God would rescue them. And so by the time we get to the book of Samuel, Samuel which is a very historical account of, of the, essentially the rise of King David, all right? But Samuel is the one who is this prophet that God has raised up to speak God's word to God's people, Okay? That, that's the, the biblical definition of a prophet. Uh, the one who shares the word of God with God's people. All right? Uh, so, so Samuel gets, he, he's in the temple. We know if you read chapter 1, Elkanah and Hannah, they, Hannah doesn't have any kids. And, 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 and her, her, the Elkanah's other uh, wife is making fun of her and, and, and picking on her because she, she doesn't have any kids. And so she goes into the the, to the, to the, the, into the temple at Shiloh and she's praying and, and, and Eli thinks she's drunk and, and she says no I'm just asking God and, and so he says 
Eli says to her, may God answer your requests. And so, so she, she bears Samuel. She gets pregnant and she has this child in his name, Samuel. And she says, because I asked the Lord for him, he will belong to the Lord all his days. See that? And so when he had been weaned, when he was up to a certain age, there was a, in, in, in Hebrew culture, in Jewish culture, there was a time in which mothers raised the children to a point, and then they were turned over to dads to teach the children manhood and all that sort of thing. Well, when she got, and, and, and Elkanah told her, said, do what, is, what you see, feel is right, what you believe to be right. And so when the time came, she took him to Eli and said, here he is. This is the boy that I asked God for, and now he belongs to God for all his days. And so Samuel, this kid, is kind of this Forgive me, I, I was one of these. For, this church rat, he just dwelt there in the temple, in the, in the presence of God, and, and even tended to flame and, and slept in the presence of, of, of the ark of, of the covenant. And so, 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 so Samuel is really close, but not quite there. Can I just tell you something? I'm, I'm afraid that there's some folks that sitting in churches all over the world right now that are really close, but just not quite there. Why would that be? How could somebody get so close to, to let's say, the Word of God, the revelation of who God is, and, and just not be right with God it goes back to the idolatry it goes back to the selfishness somebody said fear it goes back what are we why be afraid of, of what God may ask why be afraid of God's call on your life why be afraid of God's drawing us to his presence and, and salvation and all those kind of things why because we know we are selfish people. We're not willing to give up control. See that? And so some people are unwilling to throw up their hands and say, God, I surrender. I know that's my case. Maybe not y'all. Let's go ahead and give y'all the benefit of the doubt. I know me. Man, I was just like, God, I don't want to give that up. God, please don't take this away from me. God, please don't make me do that. God, I don't want to be in ministry. Right? I, I, I didn't want any of that. And yet, finally, on a Tuesday night in 1982, I think it was July 20th, sitting in the camp meeting, I knew I had to get up from where I was and do something. I didn't know what. I, I, I didn't understand even. I mean, I was really close to God. God had saved me when I was eight, had, 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 you know, gone through that acknowledgement of the salvation God had provided for me, right? And yet, I was so close, I just wasn't there yet because I was so unwilling to give up what I wanted, what was important to me, what I deemed most valuable. 
I was 19 years old. Got my whole life ahead of me. I, I, I get to do what I've wanted to do all along. God's word to me, and it wasn't verbal. Like I said, I, I, I haven't heard audible words from God. I've, I've, I've read the word of God. I've known God's spirit's leadership and, and, and the conviction of my heart as God spoke to me. But God was like my way or the highway, Bobby. You're either going to do what I've got for you or you're not going to do it all. I honestly thought if I had walked out the back of that tabernacle and ignored God, I was going to have a heart attack and die because that's what it felt like in here. But instead of walking out the back, and I was a counselor at this camp, y'all. It was church camp. And I was a counselor, and I was running from God. And so I turned right down the aisle instead of left out the back, ended up at the altar in front of Epworth Camp Meeting, and I just said, I don't know what God wants. I think. Lean not on your own understanding. I think God's calling me to ministry. Enoch Finkley, Eddie Piper, some pastor I didn't know, all gathered around me and started praying for me. That Tuesday night, I just said, God, I surrender. Whatever you want for my life. 1982. Four years it took God to get my attention. That was 40 years ago this year. (laughs) 40 years ago. I'm not that old. I'm only 37. (laughs) What will it take for God's people to hear God's call? What will it take? Some of it has to do with proximity. Are you in the place you need to be to hear God call? Some of it has to do with heart. Is your heart in the place it needs to be to hear God's call? Right? Some of it has to do with those external things that are distractions in your life. Can I just tell you, if there are distractions in your life distracting you from God, that's sin. Okay? Folks, we need to hear God call. Karis, you stole my prayer, I want you to know. And everybody here recognized it. Did you hear them all laugh when you said we get up in the morning and we ask God, what are we going to do today? Did you notice people laughed? That's my prayer every morning. God, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today, God? Because I I don't want to plan my day. I want God to go before me. And here's the second prayer. God, I want to be so close to you that I don't miss what you're doing. That That was in our devotionals this week in Gathering in the Word. I want to be so close to you, God, that I don't miss what you're doing. See? What does it take to hear God's call? And then, once we understand, like Samuel right here. Now, hey, understand, there's some, there's some major working going on. This is a transition for God's people. Because God had told them back in Deuteronomy, you will put a king over yourself, and you will regret it. 
But now we get to the days of Samuel, the prophet Samuel, who will anoint the first king, earthly king of Israel. Saul, who starts out, you know, good looking, tall fella, right? All that kind of stuff. But just as selfish as he can be, once he has it all, man, he wants it all. And then God says, You're, I'm, I'm going to do set you aside to raise up another king. But you see, this is that transition period. And it's so important that Samuel hear God's call three times. Samuel, here I am. Now, I want to point something out right here. God called him. He heard something. He heard somebody call his name. In Samuel's boyhood years, sounded like Eli to him. So he ran to Eli. Eli said, I didn't call you. Matter of fact, I can remember, you know, I'm thinking to myself, man, don't wake me up. Samuel, I didn't call you. Go lie back down. Samuel. I didn't call you. Go lie back down. But the second time, you see, Eli starts to understand. Something's going on. Third time Samuel comes back, he says, next time you hear it, surrender. Your servant is listening. How do we respond to God's call on our lives? How do we respond? That's why I'm, that's why I point blank ask, who told you to go to South Africa? God did. Okay? See, here's the point. God is leading. Are we following? You see? God, God is always leading. You see? God is always. I had to tell somebody on the phone a minute. She was in distress. Y'all keep Patsy and George Glover. Patsy and George DeLing in your prayers. George is having, he, he had the stroke and he's having some struggles. And Patsy called me just in tears a while ago because she said, Bobby, she said, I, I, I just, uh, I'm so tired. I said, Patsy, God's out in front of you. I said, you got to get close. You can't do this in your own strength. See, God's, God's leading. The challenge for us is to follow, to obey. It's just like God calling me. I mean, little three, who can tell three little old ladies no? Miss Duncan, Miss Dillashaw, and Miss Ruth. I can't remember Ruth's last name. I felt my phone buzz. I bet my sister's trying to tell me her name. I don't know. Anyway. My sister watches from Belton every Sunday at 810. So, hey, Melanie. Um, anyway, those three little ladies come up to me and they say, don't you think God's calling you to ministry? No. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's the wrong answer, Bob. What does God expect of you? See, we've been talking about this all year now, okay? I mean, the very title of the message, God Said It. One of the second messages of the God Said It year's messages is pay attention. 
Don't miss it. We've got to be listening, not just hearing. We've got to be listening, actively listening, so that we can be where God wants us to be, so that we can obey what God has said to us. Can I tell you where it starts? It starts with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you need Jesus more than you need anything else this morning. If you hadn't got Jesus, we want to introduce you. I can go ahead and tell you, if you're sitting in this room, God's already calling you. See, if you don't know Jesus, we want you to know Jesus. Second thing. If you know him and you're not following him, that's sin. You're just disobedient. You know what? When I was disobedient as a kid, my dad spanked me. I I don't think I'm worse for wear. Folks, hear God's call. Respond to God's call. Obey God in your life. Man, I look back over 40 years and I go, thank you. Has it been easy? No. Have there been hard times? Yes. Have there been great times? Yes. 40 years, I'm like, woo! That's where it comes from, I think. Right? To obey God, to be able to to just abide in His presence. To to, to be able to get up in the morning and carry, okay, God, what are we going to do today? Who do we get to talk to today? Who who can I tell about Jesus today? That's why Nathan's here, right? Sorry, I'm calling you out. Nathan's first time, and I'm calling him out. His his great fortune this week, I guess, was to run into Don. (laughs) See, who do we get to talk to about Jesus today? Man, I love it you ran across some witch doctor lady, because lots of people in in the bush out there, they try to avoid them folks, you know? Man, no, I pray, this is what I pray for Don almost every day. Not every day, I say, God, send Don to the person that's closest to hell today. Because guess what I know Don's going to do? Don's going to talk about Jesus. So I want him to run into whoever's closest to hell today. You see that? Folks, we've got to obey God. Pray with me. Father, Father, I thank you. Thank you for today, and I thank you for your word, and I thank you, God, that you do have an expectation and a call on every one of your kids, all of us, your people. Father, you, you have direction for us. You have guidance for us. God, help us to hear. Help us to pay attention. Help us to obey. God, if there's someone this morning who doesn't know Jesus, we want to introduce them. God, if there's someone who, who, who knows Jesus this morning, but all the distractions of the world have, have confused and conflicted their hearts, Father, I pray that you'd release them from, from that distraction and, and, and that bondage. God, I pray that as we as a gathering seek your face, God, that we would be obedient to go in the direction, God, that you lead, to follow so closely we don't miss what you're doing. God, help us to be your people and help us to live it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.